Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John tries to come up with a new name for potluck dinners and has an idea to revolutionize frozen yogurt shops. Meanwhile, I have questions about an Olympic sledding event and tell the story of Clara Peller, the actress from the Wendy's Where's the Beef commercials in the 80s. Plus, a conversation about what it really means to have faith like a child and why it's important to make the church a safe place to ask questions. Today's episode is not sponsored by hammocks. Are you relaxed or trapped? But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Johnny, it's a rainy day, but it's all sunshine. I'll talk about that. Well, yeah, because we're in indoors. Well, but that doesn't mean there's it's sunshine. Not sunshine. It's like these artificial, <laughs> artificial lights. <laughs> these are like those seasonal affective disorder lights. Yeah. Do you think those have the same effect? The ones that are the ring lights that we have on us. I doubt it. If you watch on video, you would see these. That was a good. That was a good plug. Do you think the the ring the reason for the ring lights right is because it puts little circles in your eyes, right? And that what people want. I don't know. Is that the reason? I think that's part of it. Oh, it's why it's not just a beam. Oh, it's because it also gets it gives that little like it's like a photo because you can see in the glassiness of someone's eye, you can see the ring of light. Boy, that'll preach. Uh-huh. I really don't know what the science is behind the ring lights. I've not thought it through like you have. It makes me feel better. Does it? So, mate, no. No. No, it doesn't. There are not enough of these <laughs> to make me feel better. It's going to take a whole lot of ring lights to make Johnny But I'm glad better. to be indoors, and I'm grateful for shelter That's today. Because it is a, it is a, it's a little bit messy out. Yeah, we were coming from breakfast, mm-hmm. and it was like just barely a trickle. Yeah. And then before we could get to the cars, it was a, a deluge. And then we pulled up here to pull underneath yeah. under the overhang. And our community director, Chris, parked his van, like, just blocking the whole thing. He he just hogged it all. Yeah. And uh, Selfish. I hope he's listening, because we were infuriated. With his big, dumb minivan. Ugh. Chris. God. Chris is literally the nicest guy that I've ever met. He's, I'm and just he's, we're picking on him for no he's reason. He's like a war hero. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it deluge or deluge? Deluge. Deluge. I don't. Uh, that's. Uh, I don't know how Blafrance. When you were. That's. Uh, I think I won gold in the Winter Olympics in deluge. <laughs> deluge. The one that I didn't like was when they just stack a guy on another guy. You've seen that one. The they, deluge doubles. Oh yeah. They just stack a guy on top of you there and you send go. him down there. <laughs> That's it, it seems like something that we'd have done as kids with yeah. like our siblings and well, got in trouble for. You've it. only got one luge, <laughs> right? So it's yeah, like, I mean, is hey, that what it's called? Is the thing called the luge? Hey, Larry, well, is the act of racing called a luge, or is know. the board that you get on called oh, a luge? I don't know. Like, yeah, is the whole sport luge? Yeah, or is it a luge? And there's really no way to know. <laughs> like, we could never find out. It's an illusion. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I wonder why they probably stopped short of the three. You know, they would, they were like, okay. Right. They were like, what about a third? Like, like a Big Mac out of this. Right. No, that's not. You don't want to. People knew that's not. The guy on the bottom is now, he can't. Right. right. We won. Like he's, <laughs> he's not. <laughs> you put the big guy down there. When is, when are the Winter Olympics? Winter, John. Yeah, but see, oh, we're in. It's the a- off year of the. We had went, so we, we had we had twenty twenty, which didn't happen until twenty twenty one, which was weird because when it was on TV, it they were like having a, to show twenty twenty on all the because ba- they were already pre made. Yeah, Remember that? Yeah. Wasn't that strange? Yeah, uh, all everything was strange. Did we have winter in twenty two though? The Olympics? I don't remember. 
That's how little you and I watch Winter Olympics, and yeah. that's sad. I don't remember. So that would mean it wouldn't be till 2026 uh, when it's coming back around. Right. Unless they've pushed it. Unless it didn't happen. Maybe because it happened in 2021, they pushed it to this winter. Maybe it's going to be this winter. And I'll wa- Listen, you know what? I, I commit to you. I will watch it oh. if it's coming this year. It's just like the commitment you make to set up those calls with all of our patrons. Yes. Same kind of thing. That's coming. Patrons, we love you so much. <laughs> if you want to be a patron, uh, go to talk. Now that John's acted like you don't get anything. Good grief. Guys, I'm here to be your advocate against Johnny's tyranny. Like, yeah. I'm here. Hey, what if you advocated for your friend? Well, Johnny. Instead of trying to throw me under the bus. If you wouldn't quit, if you would just stop making empty promises, I wouldn't have to throw you under the Go bus. Go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com and uh, click on that button that says support. And uh, that's where you can get ad-free content. And uh, We are obviously the kind of operation you'd like to support. Special, special gifts from us. John sends books. I send things. I do. I do yeah, send books. And you sent, do send things. Uh, I've sent the comedy specials over the You over did the send years. that to all of the patrons. That is and true. I even sent my journal, my handy-dandy uh, journal. And that was in the last few months. Yes. Wow. So, so I don't want to hear it. You know what? I withdraw. <sighs> I, I will say this. None of the patrons have complained. So I don't know what your problem is. Well... That is true. You know what? The main complaint they could have made is to stop being a patron. And if they didn't, yeah, if we could just assume on, everything's great. That's right. If you've hung on. If we don't hear from you. You forgot. <laughs> it's, it's such a small amount. You just don't notice it. That's how these people get you, by the way. That's how we, we get them. We don't want to be those people, though, that are like, <laughs> hey, join for seven days. And then you try to join like stars right. or whatever for seven days so you can watch your show. If you want to cancel, call this number and wait on hold for 30 minutes. Right. right. So they never do. And then so when the $7 goes out of your account, you're like, do we still have stars? I don't. What were we watching? Yeah. Yeah. And then you try to cancel it, and then you cancel it, and then they go, season two, and you go, dang it. I got to get it. Oh, we just now got um, Paramount Plus back, mm-hmm. which I had canceled. Is that a new one, Paramount Plus back? <laughs> I had I had canceled it, because yeah. I canceled a bunch of stuff. Okay. And I also found, by the way, that my Comcast, not a sponsor, that I was paying double. They had started adding yeah. rando streaming services into my I was wondering why my bill I've got rando I've got rando plus it was <laughs> it's a good one <laughs> but like I was paying for Netflix in two places yeah they just started randomly charging me for Netflix after I was already paying for Netflix so you only need Netflix in one place you only need one that's yeah and so anyway, we just... But it, was it because Laura had an account too? No. Okay. Didn't I don't you say know you both had a Hulu? It. Didn't you say that when you went looking, you found that you both had a Hulu? No. You both had a Canva or something? We both had a Canva, yes. <laughs> yeah. So whose fault was that, John? Was that Comcast? No, the Canva was our fault. Okay. But the streaming services were their fault. Yeah. What probably had happened was, is yes. we were on a trip or something, uh-huh. and when you go to sign in on one of your hotel TVs or whatever, it mm-hmm. says, choose your TV provider or whatever. Right. And so most likely, it just decided to open up another account because we chose Xfinity. And I'm like, you know what? No. I think so, you would have to enter your credit card numbers no, and all that. because it takes it to your Xfinity bill. So say just adds it to that bill, man. And guys, it's very insidious. It listen, I I liked the service when it worked. Yeah, but when it didn't, and you had to get it, make a change, you can't you can't get it. So here's the thing: these major companies, they have like lawyers and accountants and people that try to figure out ways to trick you into spending more money. That's not us. And here's how I know: we're not smart enough. That's true. We just. If you want to support the show, fine. If you don't, fine. But we're not smart no. enough to try to trick you into we're, supporting the show. And the other piece of evidence is, is we're not making any money. No. We lose money every month on this. Yes. As of right now. But Unless. 
but we're climbing up that hill. We're like Sisyphus. We're pushing a big Sisyphus. ring light up a hill. There's a Sisyphus for the Risyphus. Yeah, there really is. There's a yeah. Oh, that's great. And then we'll roll down on a luge. No, you don't roll. If you roll your luge, that's not. That's bad. That's what killed Dad. <laughs> it is. He was on the bottom of a three-man luge, and uh, he was a three-time loser. Wait, that's not. That's stupid. what a loser. I bet that's a common joke among. The I actually had a joke. I remember the Winter Olymp- one Winter Olympics. I made a joke on my Twitter, and it came up in my memories the other day. And it was uh, something about I want to make a show about former Olympians who have gained all their weight. They've gained a bunch of weight, and they're trying to lose it. And he goes, I can't. I, I can't. Remember. I wrote. I said, I can't decide whether to call it the Biggest Loser or the Blobsled. <laughs> that's so dumb. The biggest loser would be that'd be good because you're trying to get trim again, yeah. in your Winter Olympic form. You are the biggest loser right now, right? But you hope by the end to be slim and trim and right. See, it's a play on the words. It is, yeah, yeah. Is that a word play or a pun? Uh, That's a word play. Well, nobody wants to say they wrote a pun because puns people think of as like something oh. you'd say on like a Laffy Taffy rapper. Yeah, they're the lowest form. Orange, of you, orange, you glad I didn't say banana, right? kind of a thing that's a pun yeah uh it's dumb whatever it is i'm not pretending it's high art no did it get a lot of likes or i don't remember well i didn't listen i didn't have the following then that i do oh now. wow it's, I, let, me, let me go i'll i'll workshop it today with my new gigantic <laughs> huge throng of followers oh my goodness my channel did grow some last week which was really weird it like popped like it doubled yeah in a week that was me was that you yeah Huh. I, I wonder if it will affect the show's numbers. Because they, you know, you would think these people well, would go like, You'd have like, to actually post it. about the show, wouldn't you? I'm sick of it, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming down hard on... We're reversing roles today. I've been we hard are. on Johnny. Man. Every once in a while Is it the rain? Is it the storming? I don't know what it is. It's brought I'm out. I'm just feeling an extra bit of pluck today. Yeah. So I, don't, just... I don't like this, John. Can you bring back my <laughs> friend? Can you bring back your my friend? <laughs> Hey, speaking of bringing back friends, yes. we have friends that help us every week as sponsors for the podcast. Yes. Did you know that? I did. Oh. I listened to them. I actually, I think it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're very grateful for their support. Yeah. Maybe we should hear from them right now. Okay. And that was awesome. Agreed. Yeah. Not having known what it was. Right. We didn't get to hear that on our end right now. Yeah. But we will later. We say that hoping it's not like a my pillow ad or something. That would have been awkward. Didn't we talk about that when we joined up with them? We're like, hey, we want control over like, it's yeah. not going to get too crazy, is it? <laughs> like we kind of right. had to like say some, certain things were off the table. Yeah. Uh, John wanted CBD gummies. <laughs> I said, are you sure? <laughs> He's like, Michelob Ultra. I go, John, what? Well, do we need to have a talk? <sighs> No, I'm just kidding. No, I didn't, yeah. We, <laughs> but yeah. we didn't want anything like divisive and right. political to be ads on our thing. So We want to save all that for what we do. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't talk a lot. It's funny because these days, if you have a centrist conversation mm-hmm. that acknowledges something you think needs to change, it really does get branded political. Yeah, or like you're giving points to the other side. Yeah. If you go, hey, that's not us. We shouldn't be. Hmm. We shouldn't be doing that. You go, oh, so you want this guy in charge? Then you go, 
No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. Right? I just said we got to call out this behavior. Well, we've always been more prone, and I don't know if this is a six thing for me, because sixes internalize personal responsibility, yeah. like what is required of me, and then we also want a safe system. Uh-huh. We want our leaders, like we're loyalists, as long as the leaders are worthy of the loyalty if they are you can almost never get rid of us yeah but if that system gets broken down in general especially a counterphobic six will say no this goes against what we all agreed yeah was our principle yeah i would think of it as somebody who like you're loyal to a fault and then when you realize there's like a bug in this in the in other words we talked about this before with certain things where when you realize this isn't a bug, a this is a feature. Yeah. If you realize that it's broken, like the system is working as it was supposed to, and I can't be here anymore. That's the kind of person that will become like a whistleblower. Yeah, and then be like, "Oh, I can't believe they turned their back on the cause or whatever." And you're like, "No, I'm. I didn't feel safe in the system, and I don't want other people in this system either." So you kind of become a, you know, you, you, the righteous indignation of it all. Yeah, and and I think that's for us. We've always wanted to hold our own tribe. Or what people consider our own tribe, I think. I think that's the that's the only place we can reform. Yeah. And when we spend our energy trying to reform people who are on a completely opposite, you know, ideological side of the spectrum than us, when we have no, we have no bedrock sharing of a foundation with them. We have no, we have no change in the pocket. I hate that expression. We have no credibility to speak into because don't really share belief systems but like that's that's the thing that's not change like yelling at a side that you don't have any relationship with right. doesn't change anything having conversations with those that you have something of a like-minded shared belief system that's actually where reform happens and and we talked about the cycles of reform in the church history before that's the way it works mm-hmm. like you have if you guys if you're watching on YouTube right now you can see me using my hands oh but like you have this moment where in church history, there's this revival, if you want to call it that, this renewal, this moment that things for good reasons go good directions. Mm-hmm. People are, you know, repentive. The poor are served. Uh, the community is enriched. There's favor with all the people. And and often there's persecution then from the powers that be because it's, uh, it's disrupting the, the, you know, the cultural mores around them. Because yeah. they're bringing in a different way of seeing the world, and so power power systems are are shifted. But even in persecution, that often only um, accelerates that revival. Like you know, people become more true to their beliefs in that respect. And I'm I'm taking all the spiritual out of this. I, mean, I believe that is a that is a Holy yeah. Spirit. It's just about movements. Thing, right? Yeah, the spiritual is a part of. It. I'm saying that's what we see. Well, as that goes over time. It has to be systemized as it grows. So if you think about the early church, they go from you know twelve to seventy, if not maybe two hundred, you know, disciples in an upper room. We're not real sure exactly how many. To on one day of the day of Pentecost, now you have three thousand believers yeah. after Peter preached. So you have to organize. This is the part that you know for all of us who want to talk about, I guess, dismantling systems or deconstruction. There is a reason to construct mm-hmm. and, and to organize. So they have to figure out 
what this is going to be, and that's the structure of the church. And so you, you see these, these early chapters of Acts, like, okay, now we're in formation. So we go from this revival to formation. I'm making my own words for it. I don't know what, I've seen the things about this, but I make up the cycles. I go with my own words, Joni. Yeah. Um, and so then you begin to see, though, once there's, once there's larger groups of people in organized systemic groups, then there's going to be something that is an abuse of that system or a misrepresentation of the values that the system mm-hmm. was created to support. Yeah. As in like Acts chapter... Or somebody using the system to enrich themselves or... Yeah. Right. Well, we see within the first 10 chapters of Acts, like you have this discrimination among the distribution of the food between the Hebrew-speaking and the Greek-speaking widows, right? So already something in the system that's really good, feeding the poor or feeding the widows... Yeah. Now someone's being discriminated against. It wasn't intended by the system. It's just, it's the result of a system. Like it's going to have that. It's how they dealt with it. Mm-hmm. They corrected it and kept the right thing, the right thing, you know, put more people in place. But they didn't try to say, well, the system's, the system can't be right. wrong. I mean, guys, it's the church. They were like, well, okay, it's the church. It's, a, it's, yes, it needs correction all the time. So they kind of kept that repentive spirit from the beginning. But then as you get, further into church history and then all organizations do this i'm just using the church as an example then eventually whatever that is grows to a point where there's there's full-out corruption and often someone is in charge now who doesn't value the systems yeah of when it started we're talking millions of people now so if you go into i think one of the worst things that ever happened to the church was it becoming the official religion of the roman empire mm-hmm. <laughs> under constantine even even if he had pure motives like it was never yeah. like it's. It's no longer the upstart, yeah. Um, you know, grassroots, heart based, change based. It's not counterculture. It became culture. Yeah. And once something becomes culture, now you can shift the values because you can leave the values behind. And so there's corruption. There's you yeah. know, keep going in church history. There's using it for political means, for using it for uh, governmental means, war to to. Come out, come after your enemies, whether they're you know ethnic, whether they're political, used for inquisitions, used for all kinds of horrible things, and then there's this is that part of the cycle that that I wanted to get to. Then there's a moment where there's a new revival or a, a new remembrance where God brings back, like guys, this is not what this is about, and and the cycle starts again. But instead of starting and building up to systemic stuff, it starts and tries to address or correct the system through reform. Mm-hmm. And it's so necessary. And so it gets reformed now. And throughout all of church history, there's always been a, a, a moment of reformation. It's not just the reformation as we think of it. And so then that reformation now is kind of starting the cycle all over. But it has to start building systems too. If, if it's worth its salt – it's going to have more people, mm-hmm. and now what do you got to do? You have to start organizing in, and your the goal would be as you organize to build systems where the ideologies, the truth that you all ascribe to, in our particular case, the gospel that calls us to personal and collective repentance remains what we actually do every day, and not just oh now we have property, mm-hmm. now we have buildings. How do we manage this? Now we have lots of people. Now we have responsibilities. Now we have influence in the culture. Those are the things that can get you off the sin. If you're going to have those things, there has to be like a true intentionality, I think, to not hold them too tightly, to hold them loosely, to be willing to let them go, to be willing to lose all. Because Mm -hmm. if you stop being the last 
and you decide now it's time for us as Christians to be the first, <laughs> then you actually undo the teachings of Jesus and you're going to just keep going in the cycle towards corruption and hopefully back into Reformation later. So, sorry, Johnny, little church, in my opinion, a very important cycle for us to pay attention to for where we are right now. Yeah, and like when you call out, like you say, when you call out something, it's like if you, yeah, it's important that to keep the right attitude when somebody's saying, I think this part of American evangelicalism needs reform, then it's almost like the shields go up yeah. sometimes with people. They feel like this person's just wanting to be a heretic or that like, right. It's just a strange reaction when you just go like, look at my claim on its face. Do you see this problem versus just like immediately getting defensive? We've yeah. talked about that before about how like, I don't love the term deconstruction because it's been so overused that it's almost like lost its meaning. But there was such a backlash against like this generation, the generation before starting to deconstruct uh, things, which everybody wrestles with the faith of their upbringing. This just, they've put a name to it. It's a social media, you know, phenomenon as far as like the information's all out there. But I just think like to attack people who are in many ways bruised, felt a little bit i didn't love that reaction some people these people just want to sin they want to justify they want to they have itching ears that's that may be true of some of them right but i feel like that's a really broad brush because i've known a lot of people who were like they felt like deconstruction happened to them they just couldn't the questions became too great as far as like an abusive faith a schism of the faith that they grew up in they couldn't reconcile it with the gospel of the bible yeah you know and so they were having to answer these questions and they were doing it in therapy and doing it with a sometimes with a christian counselor and they just and now they're going to be attacked of just like well you just want to justify your horrible lifestyle no not necessarily like i just want to figure out why don't these things jive that i was raised to believe but i don't see it happening in the modern church like we need to talk about that so i just think there's it's a spectrum. There's a lot of people who are doing things for different reasons, but just to attack people just because they are having questions, I feel like that's not what Jesus would have even done. No. A lot of people had questions, you know? John the Baptist had questions. Yeah. I mean, you take – I think we, we kind of miss that allowance by God for – I mean, you, you go back to Gideon. I have questions. Can, can you make the dew fall on the the wool? And then, okay, one more time. Don't be mad at me. Can you make it do the opposite? Just so I'll know. You go back to Moses. Moses would ask questions. I don't. I don't think I'm the guy. Are you sure I'm the guy? I'm supposed to go. Can you know? Here, here. Throw your staff down. And he shows them signs. And they're not ever like the signs have a place. But the questions were not rejected. I mean, God might even correct you. Like, hey, I made you in your right. mouth. So don't tell me that you're not able. Like, I know what you're able to do. Mm-hmm. But it really was was empowerment it wasn't in, the, in that correction in that discipline i mean all the way i think to the disciples you know asking the questions as, as they did i mean in john the baptist jesus said there's no greater person in you know the kingdom that at that time to say are you really are you really him yeah after you had sent all your disciples to follow him because he's in suffering he's in jail and jesus is not getting him out mm-hmm. and he's going to be beheaded <laughs> you know like is this really what you intended is what he's saying? Like, or, uh, maybe I missed it, but I thought, you know, and I think we got to remain curious as well. Like, it's okay if you stop being curious. It's something in a book that I'm working on now. 
Do you stop being curious, man? It it shuts down really the childlike elements of faith. I, if if you guys don't listen to the Lectio three six five app, um, we do it as a staff now and in the mornings especially. And this morning they were talking about Jesus pulling the child into the circle of disciples in the conversation about who will be the greatest, you know, and and that's that's the thing, like curiosity is one of those elements of childhood wonder. That when we as believers, and that's why Jesus said you got you got to have faith like a child. He didn't mean childish faith. Mm-hmm. Childlike faith is steeped in wonder and curiosity like you stay. So there's this like I, I, I trust and I believe and I have things that really feel unshakable. Um, but as I move forward, there are going to be other things that I'm going to continue to explore that – that are related to that, but may not be the same. One of my favorite quotes, Johnny. Um, I want to make sure I do it right. It's from Rupertus Meldinius, a 17th century Lutheran theologian. Oh, we all remember him. Of course. Rupertus. Uh, in essentials, unity. In doubtful things, liberty. In all things, love. Huh. Imagine if all of the arguments politically or religiously right now we're put through this lens or this filter. Yeah. In essentials, we're going to have unity. I think for the church, I mean, to me, that's like the apostles creed. You know, I believe in God almighty, the father, the creator of all things, Jesus Christ, his only son, you go through like, that's why we have creeds and things. So we would understand what is essential (laughs) and what's in, in doubt, the doubtful things. But right now we are at war over doubtful things. So we're taking the opposite approach of showing liberty or curiosity to one another in doubtful things. Um, instead of like being unified in the essentials and being like, give room to breathe on the doubtful things. You don't have to land where somebody lands. Um, but you also don't have to, to treat doubtful things like essential things. Yeah. Then when we do that, we're in trouble. When your thing, if your thing is not found in, in the apostles creed, that that's that's a that's a for me a red flag. If like the thing you will separate yourself from other believers or, or downplay right. other believers, it's or your condemn, key issue. It's your thing, yeah. right? And if you can't find it in those, it's in some other statement that you've made, and not in what the church has followed for two thousand years. Then you might go, maybe I am making more out of a doubtful thing than I should be. As the person who leans into the unity of the essentials, and that's my that's my take on it. I Thank like you, Robertus. I feel like you're talking to me, Johnny. I think you know I've called you here. <laughs> this was an intervention, Rupertus. Rupert. I wonder if you say Rupertus or Rupertus. Don't say it three times in a mirror. <laughs> he appears, and he gives you creeds and things. <laughs> he decrees things over you. We don't decree things anymore. Don't you, you think that's a one? bummer? No kidding. I think we should Don't bring Don't you back- want somebody to decree something? Oh, desperately. <sighs> I mean, we, we declare. Yeah. Mostly bankruptcy. <laughs> but <laughs> Michael, you can't just say bankruptcy. No, I, I didn't just say it. I declared it. That's oh, the best. Yeah. Not a sponsor. Um, that's interesting. I would. What if I made a decree Sunday morning, like when I made the announcement about the new young adults group? I would like to decree something. Yeah. Would you? How would you even set it? How do you get into a decree? Hey guys, because if you call it a decree, like usually it's somebody that says John decreed this. You wouldn't say, "I hear." Oh, I guess you do say, yeah. "I hear about decree," or "I hear about make this decree." Okay. 
Like I gotta be like, look, guys, okay, don't forget about the potluck. Also, I have a decree to make. I don't know. See, you're already losing me. It feels you're already. First of all, potluck. Oh, I hate it. We had a whole conversation at the table about it. How do you talk about a potluck without calling it a potluck? Wasn't that our always our? Oh yeah, I kept, that's the paradigm. The, that's the, the paradox. The best thing I ever landed on to rebrand potluck was food share. Oof. But it made that sounds like, it sounds uh, yeah. like Chris was like I'm sick to my stomach thinking of that. It's like we're all literally eating off the same plate. Or it sounds like you're doing it to like help needy people. Food share. Oh, what's wrong with that, Johnny? Nothing. But it oh my gosh! But it doesn't feel like a potluck. It doesn't feel like a family picnic. <laughs> I don't. It feels we, like family picnic. I think I just solved it. But it's not always a picnic. It's often That's true indoors. In and potluck means you bring something. So if you say picnic, it could be like, are they providing everything? Right. I got to bring bologna now. Food bring. Like, I need you to help. I need you to not just point out what's wrong with it. We, I don't even understand how potluck got to mean that. Like, what does that mean? Like, were people bringing unlucky pots? <sighs> like, you oh, you lift the lid and they go, oh, boy. Oh, man. She made her black beans. <laughs> That's bad news for everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you lift it up and it's like, oh, collard greens, uh, potluck. Yeah. Like, what is, <sighs> you know, where did that come from? There's I no would, way to know. I would love to know the etymology of potluck. That would be something right now I could stop and search. But. We we live in curiosity on this podcast. Yes, you know what I'm saying. We don't just try to find. Sometimes the it's in the not knowing. Yeah, the one like we don't know what a black hole looks like. We don't know what an exploding star looks like, and we don't want to know where potluck came from. <laughs> I really do kind of want to know, but listener, if you have a better name for potluck, oh please, that'd be great. That'd be a contest because we actually address. If you get a better name for us, we'll read it on the air, and John will send you. <laughs> A copy of his... Oh, a copy of Johnny's new DVD. <laughs> yes, that's right. I'd be happy to do that. You don't have a new DVD. Um, I've, got an, I've got a special that I could send him, though. Oh. We're actually releasing a little unreleased thing uh, next Thursday. It's, we're calling it a mini special. Wow. Uh, it's a 20-minute set that I recorded in 2021 or 2022. But anyway, we have never released it, and uh, we're releasing it next Thursday. Nice. Uh, it's it's called uh, Dead by Tuesday. Yes, that's what we're calling it. And so, is it uh, all music? No, it's just a. It's got some music in it. Okay, but it's one of those things of like uh, we were trying to come up with a name, and then my just like, what about this? And I go, well, that's really dark. I like it. And uh, so now we're going to put it out there, and we'll see. But it's. I was a little bit worried about it because it's got. Um, it was in twenty twenty one. I like late twenty twenty one. So we're still coming out of. So it's got some pandemic setups in it. Yeah. And I just worry, I worried a little bit about that, about people being reminded of, people like get really, re- yeah. they don't want to be reminded of it even, no. in a joke. No. So anyway, if you see that, watch it and hopefully you'll like it. But it's one of those things where it was a, it's a time capsule, so it is what it is. Yeah. But uh, hopefully you'll like it. Dead by Tuesday. That's a funny song. Next Thursday. Wait. Which is weird. Why didn't you not release it on a Tuesday? And when we, I don't know. And if we did it. And then I die. If I die, like suddenly, it's going to be really weird. And you're going to be like, he knew. Yeah. You know? And so I will it, take that album and mm-hmm. sell it. Oh, man. Like it's going to be It's going to be worse. <laughs> Johnny had a feeling he knew. I'll go to Curry and I'll have her, like, we'll work out a deal, bring uh-huh. a contract. It's going to be awesome. Not gross at all. I don't think I would be a good, you know, I don't think I'd be a good candidate to have premonitions because I always am dreading things. Yeah. So I think I would just be exhausting. Like, yeah. if I was Nostradamus, I would just be like, uh, something bad's probably coming. And <laughs> they'd be like, this guy again. They would stop. I'm the boy who cried dead by Tuesday. 
That's what I am. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what Jeremiah was. They were all yeah. sick of it after a right. while. Like, dude, enough. He's the weeping uh, prophet. We're not going to go into right? exile. Was he the weeping prophet? Yep. Very frustrated because they wouldn't listen to him. And guys, I know what that feels like Yeah, as a pastor. Me and Eric, man, I'm just like Jeremiah. <laughs> Speaking of people in the past, John, uh, that was I think great. it's time to go back into the past. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the way this week in history, we'd like to talk about uh, the things that uh, uh, the days of yore. Oh. It's a segment we like to call Talk About Then. This week, 2006, John, uh, a hot dog measuring 197 feet in a bun measuring 198 feet was made by the Shizu- Shizuoka meat producers of Shizuoka, Japan, and the All Japan Bread Association. It broke the record for world's longest hot dog. Which, I mean, you would imagine well, a hot dog that's 197 feet. I don't know. They probably shattered the record, wouldn't you think? <laughs> like, what do you You're like, oh, man, we just barely made it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to know, like, what was the record before? The record was broken in 2011, uh, five years later, by a hot dog measuring 669 feet. Holy. And weighing dog. approximately 260 pounds. Uh, that's crazy. So. Jeez. Now, I think you know what your job is. It's to make to the, a 700 foot break the record. Hot dog. I want to know is it a normal diameter of the hot dog or is is the I would think so cuz it said it was 669 feet and it weighed 260 pounds. How would you know? Cuz you're thinking about a a, a regular hot dog. You know, if you get like a big hot dog at Sonic, it might be a quarter of a half pound in your hand but so if you're thinking half pound per foot Good gosh how big is your hot dog at sonic i get a foot long you know like they're a, a half pound maybe what does do that think? mean like you can guarantee to gain at least half a pound from it i don't know how that all works see that always bothers me like here's a, a, here's a quarter pounder and i'll go home and gain three pounds now you tell yeah. me how that works it's the bread soaking up all the so, come on man bile and you should start labeling the food by how much weight i will gain from it hey thank you here's a three pounder it's not actually three pounds it's how much you'll weigh more afterwards didn't you have the idea of the ice cream places that you can add all the toppings and then they just weigh at the end that they should just weigh you it's right coming in and leaving you come in you eat all the ice cream you want and you can't go to the bathroom right, no bathrooms yeah <laughs> which is really odd <laughs> you you've built some weird government building now no bathrooms no clocks <laughs> And then they come in and they weigh. What would happen is people would come in with like quarters in their pockets or whatever, and then they'd offload to the next guy. There'd be some tricks. There'd be some trickeration yeah. happening. It would really complicate the system they've already made. Yeah. But which I is just it was, to weigh the. I, that's what I do, though. If I have a good idea, it's going to complicate yeah, things. Yeah. Why not just weigh me? Right. Because <laughs> that's the real. What are we getting at here? Like, what's more important? Weigh you, weigh me, weigh it together. It's the way it should be. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, you're right. You made it. And plus, people don't like being weighed. Right. If you're in an ice cream place, you've got a problem. <laughs> and you're not. You know what I'm saying? You may That's be, a bold statement. You may be of the heavier. Guys, all you may of be you. of the heavier. Like, people who love ice cream a lot, we don't like being weighed. So it's not like you be like, you know what? Let's go down to Yogurt Mountain and get weighed. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I think it'd be. But here's what it is. It's a fitness ice cream oh, shop. Oh, okay. Those of you who want to, you're on a journey. Yeah. You're on a journey. This lets you know where you are. It's like yeah. a snapshot in time. So nothing's going to, 
Because, again, sometimes I'll eat something. It's like, that could not have been three pounds. But the next day, and I know, it's the water weight. I'm so sick of hearing about water weight, Johnny. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Water well, weight Well, we're made up of like 75% water. Well, I know. That's the whole so point. So most of our weight is water. We can't call it water weight then because I'm made out of water. Most of the earth is water weight. Heck, when you think about it, And you oceans, know how heavy the earth is? I don't. I don't know. I know it's spinning. We're hanging on. All right. I don't know how we got all of, from hot dogs to the weight of the earth. We should weigh the earth as we go into the ice cream shop. Weigh the earth. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, the U.S. purchase, the U.S. purchases, John, the Virgin Islands this week, nineteen sixteen. Uh, do you want to take a guess? We purchased them from Denmark, which I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you want to go take a guess? You've, you're really good at guessing. Okay, nineteen sixteen. The Virgin Islands. I'm going to guess they purchased four. Thirty-five million dollars. You're really close. Really? Twenty twenty-five million. Wow. In gold. The following year, it was ratified, and the U.S. took possession. The U.S. Virgin Islands are the only place in the U.S. where traffic drives on the left. I didn't know that. Really? So, so I don't know what that's all about. I guess you, it retained its little Denmark uh, vibe there. Do you think there's like way. a historical prices right I could go on? Wouldn't that be the like I keep guessing close to the? Yeah. Of course, I was ten million dollars over. And if you go over, you don't get to go up. The next guy goes one dollar, Bob. Right, and then he gets it <laughs> one sixth pence. He gets to historical. go to the he gets to go to the Virgin Islands. That's yeah. your prize. Uh, let's see. This was interesting to me. Uh, the U.S. Coast Guard uh, was founded, but do you know the original name of the U.S. Coast Guard? I know who founded it. Do you? It didn't say that. Nineteen. This was seventeen ninety. Yeah, I know the, the person. The the it became imp- the U.S. Coast Guard in nineteen fifteen. The impetus of the U.S. Coast Guard was Alexander Hamilton. Do you know what it was originally called? Mm, You'll never guess it in a million okay. years. Then, yeah, the Revenue Cutter Service. Hey, that'd be why Alexander Hamilton did it. He was the Secretary of the Treasury. But how did, how did that end up in the Coast Guard? Because this is about imports. Oh, so it's because there's it's a bunch of ne'er do well stuff going on, right? Tariffs and things yeah. like that. So yeah, it's to regulate. It was all to regulate commerce and okay. trade. Yeah. Well, anyway, it became more of a security force as well then. So. John, this week, 1693, uh, champagne was invented. Really? That's late. 1693? I would have figured it was earlier than that. Do you want to? It's a, yeah. Well, I guess they were making wine, but this was kind of like, let's put some fizz in this. Well, they don't put fizz in it. Let's make this fizzy. They don't, you know that, by the way. How does it make it? Make, you know uh, it's Sparkling the- champagne. He actually, he just invented the process. He was originally tasked with the job of removing the bubbles since they had a tendency to cause the bottles to burst. This could create a hazardous and costly chain reaction when other bottles broke due to the shock caused by the initial breakage. So he kind of improved the process so the fizziness wouldn't cause the bottles to break. Do you want to know? Do you, do you, you want to have an idea who invented that process? Well, I know what happened in the Champagne region. For real. If champagne you, has to get, come from Champagne. If you guessed a name, you would probably get it. If you guessed a name associated <laughs> with Champagne, you would get it. Brute. <laughs> No. Bubbly. What's the most expensive champagne you can get at a restaurant? Johnny, I, I've got nothing. Dom Perignon. Oh. Dom Perignon. Well, there you go. So literally the one champagne that we would know, or normal people would know. Right. I figured you would get it because you're a big boozer. <laughs> I'm kidding. John's not a boozer. Guys, I have a bottle of champagne here right now. <laughs> <laughs> we crack it open after every episode. <laughs> Cheers, John. Another episode. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, All right. Lastly, John, I had one more. 
uh, for you. This one's gonna this one's gonna blow your mind. Probably not. I had it. Oh, born this week, 1902, died 1987. Sadly, American actress, TV personality Clara Peller. Uh, she was famous for the Where's the Beef ad. No way. In 1984. Remember those Wendy's commercials? Yes. The her, when, this is, I did not know this part. So if you don't remember the commercial, it's a woman. Basically, Wendy's was saying, we have the big hamburgers. They hang over the bun. Right. The patty's so big, and they're the big square ones. Meanwhile, if you go to McDonald's, wherever, they got these tiny, the bun is covering the, yeah. you have to lift it up. And so this old lady goes, where's the beef? And the bun is gigantic, and the it's very cartoonic almost. Yeah. But I did not know this part. Wendy's sales jumped 31% during the ad campaign. Holy So God. you talk about success. Yeah, somebody should get a raise. Yeah. Uh, Peller was paid actor scale wages of $317.40 per day for the first commercial. It is reported that she was paid half a million for the series of commercials that followed. Wow. So she cashed in. So go, Clara. A good agent. With yourself. She died when? 87? Uh, 87. So she only lived she for only three lived years. She only lived for three more years after that commercial. That's kind of sad. Wow. Hopefully she got a chance to enjoy the winnings. Yeah. She became an overnight sensation, went on to appear on TV talk shows Saturday Night Live, and even served as a guest timekeeper for the Battle Royale at WrestleMania 2, which I did not remember. <laughs> she probably the- You probably have to say, where's the beef? Whatever you do. Right. They get all those men in the ring. Where's the beef? You know, you're, <laughs> hey. Yeah. yeah. And then Sergeant Slaughter... Pile drives her. That's probably what happened to her. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know how she... There's no way to know. She did do another commercial for Prego Spaghetti Sauce, which I did not uh, know about that. Where's the pasta? She wondered, where's the beef? And exclaimed, I found it. I really found it. Wendy's then terminated her contract, saying she was only allowed to find the beef at Wendy's. Wow. Yeah. What? So she kind of used their... That's the reason. You can't do that. No, because what happened was they trademarked where's yeah. the beef. So when she says where's the beef... Whose agent found, allowed this to happen? I found, I found the happen. beef in Prego. So she didn't say where's the beef. She just said I found no, the beef. No, she said where's the beef. I if found it. If she just would have not said those words and just yeah. said I found the beef, I found the beef. that would have been fine. Yeah. If they just would have had us. We understand <sighs> Poor litigious advertising. We do. <laughs> if there's anything we understand, it's that. That's, that's all we understand. That's our favorite kind. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. What, you know, Johnny, this is episode 271. Is that right? Yeah. Man, we're on a journey, aren't we? We're we're barreling down on 300 here. I listened to a podcast. It's an interview podcast uh, where they, the guy interviews comedians. And I was scrolling the other day because Gary Muldeer, my favorite, one of my favorite comedians ever, one of the reasons I became a comic had an episode on there. He's 83. And so he tells the best stories because he's, he's been in showbiz for 60 years or whatever. So I w- was looking to find it and I was having to scroll. This this podcast has over 1,200 episodes. Holy moly. And they're all an hour, over an hour long. No, I so I was just like, holy I feel very unaccomplished. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. yeah. So when you scroll down hours, you have to do this. It's like when you're scrolling for your age. Hawkins has a bit about that, about how like... Uh, when you're scrolling for your age on something, you're like, whoo, your finger gets tired. You're like, I'm not even to the 70s yet. That happened you to me get to yesterday, the- <laughs> actually. Some, some, whatever I was filling out, it was very strange. Yeah. And I literally had to scroll down like six screens to yeah. get to 1978. That smoke coming like, off your phone. Wow, this is, that was humbling. 78, man. It was a good year. Was it? I, I'm sure it was. I remember a lot about it. So, 
for the three days I was in. It was December 28th. So That's right. You weren't even there long. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Listeners, you should check out, though, those 271 episodes that are po- at our website. Talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Yeah. And uh, we love our listeners. We do. Thanks for listening. Uh, more clips on the way and uh, more good things. More tour dates at johnnyw.com. More mm. books at johndriver.com. Yep. All the things. All the things. John, I want to say, too, that you never promote this, but you're one of the teaching pastors here at the church. And you preached last uh, week. And you preach usually every other mm-hmm. week. And those you can watch those uh, sermon videos. Yeah. On uh, our website. What's the church website, You can go to John? grovemj.com. Grovemj. Y'all shortened it. Because it used to be the church at Pleasant Grove. We have all three. They are oh, you bought them all? You can well, go to the church at Pleasant Grove. Or church listen, Pleasant I'm not Grove. trying to tell yeah. the church how to spend its money. Y'all want to buy all the domains you want. <laughs> Good You can grief. go to Grove Church MJ or just grovemj.com. <sighs> yeah, I did share a whole sort of testimony yeah. from Jeremiah, from his scribe Baruch. It was a little confessional. So. Yeah. Felt like too much about me, though, Johnny. I'm sorry. No, I thought it was good. Little, I didn't, but yeah. what am I going to say? Right. But you can be like, yeah, it was, John. A little self-indulgent or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's, the, that's what a real No, I'm be. telling people to go watch it and go watch you the other. You know you are. The many, many uh, archived sermons. You've been a better friend than me on the podcast today. Okay. I think we can both admit that. I just hope it's not raining anymore. Yeah, we've got the shades down. I can't When we tell. go out, I hope that... Here comes the sun. Because you're driving to Clarksville and I'm driving to Murfreesboro. Yeah. So. We're going opposite directions. Ugh. In life, really. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be back. Yeah. And listener, we will be back next week on Talk About That. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.